This Week in Tech. Now's your chance to get caught up on all that's happening in the technology around Akron and the rest of the world. Now, here's Gene Destro. This week, as the nation comes to grips with the worst pandemic the world has seen since 1918, when the Spanish flu killed more than 50 million people, we're all faced with some really big social and technological challenges. In order to avoid being infected or unwittingly spreading the COVID-19 coronavirus ourselves, we've been advised to avoid crowds larger than 10 people, keep at least six feet apart, and in many cases, to work from home. Our first report is from Ryan Jackson at CNET, who tells us there's a push now to provide internet access to people who don't have it. As much of the U.S. begins practicing social distancing and more businesses and schools close, people will be spending a ton more time inside. United States advocacy group Free Press has called for all providers to respond to the health emergency by waiving key broadband costs. And speaking of money, the pandemic is costing companies around the globe billions and billions of dollars in lost profits. And one of the companies hit hardest just happens to be the one that's most often symbolized the unlimited profit and potential of the tech sector, as well as its long-running and enormously controversial reliance on Chinese manufacturing. CBS's Matt Piper has a report on Apple stores closing worldwide. First, Apple said its stores would close only for about two weeks. Now, over coronavirus fears, it says stores will be closed indefinitely. But for many, the closures are happening at an inopportune time, as millions of people are working from home temporarily amid the coronavirus crisis. The chain will only have stores open in the greater China region, where it first shut down stores in early February, but reopened all 42 of them by last Friday. Matt Piper, CBS News. Meanwhile, Twitter updated its safety policy this week, saying it will begin requiring users to remove tweets that could place people at a higher risk of transmitting COVID-19. CBS News technology consultant Larry Maggot has more. Twitter is one of the ways that people have been spreading false information about the coronavirus, including downplaying its danger and even encouraging people to gather in crowds, which of course is a major way that the virus can spread. So it's very responsible for the company to take down any tweets that put people in danger. This is a big step for Twitter, which for many years believed in virtually no censorship. It was pretty much an anything-goes service for a long time. The company has been gradually adding some content restrictions over the years, especially in light of fake news and election interference. But now we're at a whole new level, given the serious threat of the coronavirus to people around the world. This new policy bans posts that include fake or irresponsible information, such as promoting fake cures, denying expert guidance, or posting misinformation that could be dangerous. It'll also ban claims that are based on race or nationality, including telling people that they shouldn't eat in Chinese restaurants, which of course pose no more danger than any other type of restaurant. So let's say you're stuck at home but not working because you lost your job. Now you're online looking for a new one. And wow, you think you may have just hit the jackpot. 
But don't get too excited. It might just be a scam. Jeff Colvin from Fortune Magazine has a report. It starts with a posting on a big reputable job board, an opening at a well-known company with generous pay and benefits, and the option of working from home. You submit a resume, and after an interview or two by phone or video, you get a terrific offer which you happily accept. An employment contract arrives by snail mail, along with forms including some that ask for a bank account number for direct deposit of your paychecks. And then the nightmare starts. You show up for work, and no one has ever heard of you. The balance in your bank account is now zero, and of course, you've already quit your old job. The FBI says that scam with variations is on the rise. To protect yourself, do a web search using the company name only. Some scammers set up authentic-looking websites using slight variations of the name. Get the real company's phone number and call, asking for the person you interviewed with to see if they're real. And watch out for a cruel variation on the scam. The fake employer asks for a cash transfer, supposedly for a health insurance premium, which will be reimbursed in your first paycheck. Don't ever send money to an employer. Inside Business, I'm Jeff Colvin for CBS News. Now we're going to take a look at what you can do to stay safe online while you're working from home. We talked to computer science professor Dr. John Nicholas from the University of Akron about the unique technical and security challenges that presents. But the one thing that you want to make sure if you are using your own device that you're not downloading any personally identifiable information for the company or company secrets. So most companies have a VPN, virtual private network, that you can log into. Uh, if they do, make sure that you log into the company through that. If not, there are VPNs that you can download from Norton or McAfee, Cloudflare, and other companies like that that will protect the, the data between your machine and where it's going. And he explains why using a VPN is so important. Most of the time when you're in a building at work, that network is secured with firewalls and, and other technology. When you log in across a line, those protections aren't there between your computer and the company. A virtual private network extends those same protections um, from the company to your personal computer, so it's just uh, as secure as if you were logged on at work. What other considerations should people have with regard to security when they're working from home? And also, what does their company need to keep in mind? There are a lot of scams going on right now. All the cyber crooks are really taking advantage of this coronavirus situation. There's going to be a lot of phishing emails, which are emails that appear to be legitimate from your company that uh, are, in fact, from some hacker somewhere, some cyber criminal. So if in doubt, and if you're not 100% sure, even if you're 99% sure you're in doubt, you know, give somebody a call at work and say, did you send this email? Is this legitimate? If not, then delete it. So we're really going to have to be on our toes cybersecurity-wise. We're going to have to use our cyber street smart. Now, when it comes to companies, Nicholas says if they can possibly allow their employees working from home to actually use their office computers with all the company's security features built in, that's best. But he says... If that is not feasible at this point, and uh, the employees are going to have to use their own computer. Uh, if the company has not set up a virtual private network, I would recommend that they, they do so as quickly as possible or find some sort of third-party solution that the employees can download to their own machines. And so as long as we 
don't just willy-nilly start using our own personal stuff and ignore the same security protocols that we would have to follow at work, we should be okay. So my advice to everybody is assume the worst, follow the tightest security protocols, whatever the work policy is, make sure you follow that while working at home. I also asked Nicholas about government employees who might be working from home, whose communications might need to be more secure than usual. Maybe people working in areas like defense, intelligence, and criminal justice. Just about all of the information they're going to be passing at those higher levels are going to be confidential at some level. So my assumption is the Department of Defense and places like that will actually have VPNs and security distance protocols in place. So isn't it true, though, that some things are so top secret or sensitive that people really wouldn't be able to work from home? They literally would have to be at work and work on the network? Absolutely. And in those cases, those folks are just going to have to come into work. And hopefully when they get to those agencies that they're using social distancing and and taking all the other precautions that happen when we do have to get together during this crisis. One of the reasons I brought this up is, uh, one, I had had the concern about government agencies, but two, just closer to home and, and also right where you work at the University of Akron, they said that there's certain functions that they're simply not going to ship off campus. Like, for example, payroll. Uh, Right. Well, those those sort of things are still going to have to be done on campus. I do know that the University of Akron has a very strong security network, so people working remotely will be very secure, and a lot of things like payroll are also have to follow all the banking protocols, so there's going to be secure transmission of those anyway. But we do need to be on our toes. I think the biggest threat in that case is, again, phishing emails. Somebody saying from the IT team, now that this is going on, please log in this way when in fact that could be a scam altogether. So we just need to be very diligent about who we follow and when in doubt, call the IT department for where you work or call that individual and verify. I've also been worried about the possibility that hackers, criminals, or even nation states might take advantage of the fact that many of us are working from home outside of our normally more secure networks to launch cyber attacks. And yes, Nicholas says that's not only a possibility, but it actually indeed just happened this week when the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the parent agency for the Centers for Disease Control and National Institutes of Health got hit with a denial of service attack. What that means, by the way, is that somebody from the outside was trying to block legitimate users from getting vitally important health information. And that's it for now. See you next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news and find more online at WAKR.net.